This is Radio Influence. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Well, welcome in, everybody. We are settling in on Three Dog Thursday, trying to get in a groove. It's the third edition, the third episode of 2017. And I am privileged to be joined with senior handicapper and writer for VegasInsider.com, a man that went 2-for-2 in the NFL with his underdogs a week ago, the Oakland Raiders and the Chicago Bears. Even though the Bears didn't pull the game out at the very end, they still covered for Three Dog Thursday purposes. So, Kevin, good to be with you. Good to have you back. Uh, Glad that your underdog predictions went well for last week, and I know we're raring to go again for this week. Absolutely, and now that uh, Hurricane Irma has passed through Florida, and obviously we know there's been damage to certain parts of the state, luckily you and I did not have a lot of damage, and we can continue to roll with this, and uh, it's just good to get back to a normal week of preparing, that you have your opener with the the Bucks and the Bears coming up, so at least we have NFL for our local teams uh, starting up this week. That is true. It has been very odd, though, because Florida State and Miami were scheduled to play this week, and we were probably going to talk a lot about that game on Three Dog Thursday. Not happening now, but thank goodness they have a common bye week, so it will happen October the 7th. Uh, also, UCF canceled their game second straight week with Georgia Tech. So UCF will will have two games go by the wayside unless they can find a way to make one of them up later in the year. Florida will be playing Tennessee on Saturday as we head towards the weekend and Three Dog Thursday purposes hosting the Vols of that SEC East showdown. A Friday night USF game with Illinois uh, is, is on and will be played, and that's a very interesting game for the Bulls in terms of non-conference and a Big Ten team. And Illinois' coach, Lovey Smith, used to be the Bucks and the Bears' coach. So football is back in Florida after Hurricane Irma, and that is that is a good thing. Again, our, our thoughts, our prayers, our concerns are for the people in Naples and southwest Florida that were hit hard, people in your area, in particular in Dade County and Miami, uh, that were hit hard by the wind and the rain, north Florida in Jacksonville and Duval County, and in northeast Florida. Uh, hit hard by flooding and by the rain from Hurricane and then Tropical Storm Irma, so Again, as you mentioned, we're trying to just get back to some normalcy with some football this weekend, so at least we have that to talk about as a diversion here for Three Dog Thursday, Kevin, and that's a good thing, to get back to the pigskin and the games. Yeah, and uh, I was very fortunate, at least early on, to watch the Red Zone on Sunday since all the local stations had hurricane coverage on, and I was feeling good about myself, and then at 145, the power goes out, <laughs> and uh, you know, you're done for the day, but uh, luckily with the, the advent of smartphones and you can could, you could still monitor the scores and see what's going on. I mean, obviously, it's not the number one case or number one concern when you have no power and there's 90-mile-an-hour winds blowing outside your door. But uh, at the same time, we still try to stay on top of it. And now the hurricane is gone, so now we can move forward. And it was a lot like a cliffhanger for a lot of people, where you were watching part of the sporting events, and then the power's gone, the TV's gone, and you've got to find out what happened later or the next day or things like that. So 
Uh, well said on that. We're going to talk some college football first here. I want to tell the audience, too, as part of Three Dog Thursday, we've got a special guest that will be joining us uh, in the middle of this week's show, Peter Burns of the SEC Network. Love his insight. Love his personality. He's going to be talking some SEC football with me in the middle of the show. But as always, uh, Kevin begins the show with me. And uh, and we'll talk some college football, and then later on in the program, we'll also talk some NFL football, where, again, uh, Kevin was two for two last week in the pros. I actually hit on the Oklahoma Sooners. You and I both took it on the chin with the Auburn Tigers, unable to get it done uh, against Clemson in what was a low-scoring affair. But then I had Oklahoma all the way as the outright winner in revenge at Ohio State, and, boy, did they look great. Did Baker Mayfield look great? in the Saturday night game. Hey, back to that Clemson-Auburn game, where, again, uh, you and I came up short with Auburn as the underdog by a point or two. That was an old-fashioned college football game, just real quick, Kevin. There was actual defense being played. I mean, it seems like every game now takes four hours and has 100 passes in it and has uh, you know, 70, 80, 90 points in it. To see a 14-6 knockdown, drag-out game against two quality teams, that's a rarity now in college football, right? Yeah, you don't see that that often anymore. And when you look at Auburn, obviously for them, they took the early lead and just couldn't do anything more. And and you know what? It goes back to to Dabo and how how he's a great recruiter. They lose to Sean Watson and they're still fine. I mean, I granted they didn't score a lot of points in that game, but the defense is still excellent at Clemson, and they're still a team that you know I think people forget about. They they want to look at Alabama and they want to look at uh, Oklahoma or Ohio State or USC. And Clemson's still hanging around there. And they have Louisville coming up this week. I know we'll talk about it in a bit. But that's still a quality team. And, and yeah, I don't care that they beat Kent State in the opener by the score they beat them. Everyone's going to play cupcakes. So nothing you can do about that. But to go in and beat Auburn and to hold them six points is still a pretty strong effort by them. How about 10 sacks? How about 14 total tackles for losses in the game? And Gus Malzahn, they could not solve it with their quarterback play. I know Peter Burns will have probably a thought or two about that coming up uh, from the SEC Network on Three Dog Thursday about that Auburn team and that performance. Okay, so that leads us into this week and the selection of games in college football. We mentioned the Miami-Florida State game is off the slate, but again, Florida and Tennessee are playing. Uh, some other intriguing games include Louisville and Clemson, Southern Cal hosting Texas. Is Texas going to get their act back together here against uh, against Southern Cal this week? Kevin, where do you want to begin for the college football weekend for Three Dog Thursday purposes? Underdogs simply to cover, if not outright win the game. What do you like to start us off? We're only going to go with one college game this week like we did last week, and we're going to go to the Pac-12 and Arizona State. They're heading to Lubbock to face Texas Tech, and this was a rematch from last year. Arizona State beat Texas Tech 68-55. to It was a really good defensive performance by both these teams, but, uh, but now Patrick Mahomes is gone. He's off to the NFL, and we know that Texas Tech can throw anybody in a quarterback with their system, but uh, he still accounted for a lot of their offense in that game. And for Arizona State, who really had a, a down season last year, this was the highlight of their year, beating Texas Tech. And now they're going on the road as about a touchdown underdog to face this Red Raider team who just beat a good Eastern Washington team who comes out of the FCS. But uh, still Texas Tech, that they were able to manhandle them and win that game in a blowout fashion. When you look at Arizona State, that they held off New Mexico State in the opener, and New Mexico State actually has beat uh, an all-right New Mexico team uh, this past week. 
but uh, ASU coming off a loss to San Diego State as a short home favorite. Now they're going on the road as a, as an underdog, so it's a good role for them. They didn't play too well on the road last season. They had a ton of injuries, but uh, we're going to see a lot of points in this game, no doubt about it, and the old whoever has the ball last will probably win. But I think that you're getting a good amount of points with this Arizona State team, and they've already had success against this Texas Tech squad. Granted, they still allow 55 points, but scoring almost <laughs> 70, that tells you something. So I'm going to go with Arizona State as my lone college play this week. Well, and Arizona State, obviously, with Todd Graham uh, embattled after a struggle last season. I, I have some acquaintances that are big Arizona State fans and alumni and people, and this is a litmus test game before they get into the Pac-12 schedule to see kind of what they have. And you better be ready to play some defense or, or be involved in a track meet in that one. So you will take the 7.5 uh, there on that one. All right, guess I'm going to go uh, two college games for this week. And speaking of an Arizona State connection, Todd Graham's former offensive coordinator is now the head coach of my alma mater, the Memphis Tigers. And Mike Norvell is his name. Norvell in his second season. And Memphis get ready to host UCLA in a game that is a noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. start time at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, 9 a.m. on the body clock of the from the West Coast, and I like the Memphis Tigers here. They're in the bizarre situation, Kevin, of having their game last week canceled with UCF in Orlando because of Hurricane Irma. So UCLA had a bit of an advantage because they've played twice. They they had that stirring comeback that we talked about before over Texas A&M. They clobbered Hawaii, who's not good, at home last week. Josh Rosen is obviously uh, deadly at quarterback, but I don't think UCLA's defense, in particular their run defense, is very good. I think Memphis will be able to run the ball some on them. In Memphis's opening weekend win, they ran it exceptionally well against UL Monroe, against Louisiana Monroe. Uh, they, they had two backs over 100 yards in that game, Daryl Henderson and Patrick Taylor for my Tigers. I think Memphis is going to be able to run the ball. They've got a good quarterback themselves in Riley Ferguson. I think they will stop and frustrate Josh Rosen enough. And I think Memphis is going to win this game with UCLA here. How much is the early start time potentially going to affect the Bruins? What do you think? Very early on their body clock. You buying that? You know what? I'm not too sure about it because I always think that going from West to East is easier than East to West. I don't know why. I just feel that way, that it is a bit earlier. But, you know, they're going to get out there, and they're going to be there at least a day or so ahead of time, maybe two days ahead of time. I don't know. But i got to believe that it shouldn't be a huge factor, that if Memphis beats UCLA, it's not going to be because of their clocks. I think just if they beat them, then they had a good scheme, and they found a way to beat them in UCLA just didn't play as well. I mean, we look at the Bruins, that this is a team that should have been blown out by Texas A&M in their opener, and Josh Rosen led that great comeback. So, you know, you kind of ask yourself, which is the real UCLA team? Is it the one that played horribly in the opening half, three quarters against Texas A&M, or is it the one that had a furious comeback and then beat Hawaii last week? So that's kind of the question you have to ask, and that goes back to Memphis, and you say, all right, now you've had some extra time to prepare for UCLA, which they didn't have. So that could point more of an advantage to the Tigers. Well, and again, uh, these these programs have only played one other time, 2014 in the Rose Bowl. UCLA won a track meet game 
that night against Paxton Lynch and the Tigers uh, in 2014. UCLA actually has played in this stadium, Kevin. We remember it well under Terry Donahue, the 1976 Liberty Bowl. They were blown out in the Liberty Bowl Stadium by Alabama and Bear Bryant in the Liberty Bowl in 1976. So they've been there once before. And again, as you put it, uh, which UCLA team are we going to see? The team that looked so good in the second half against Texas A&M or the team that could not stop the run at all in the first half against the Aggies? And in Memphis's case, they were lights out offensively uh, in the first half against Louisiana Monroe, then kind of went to sleep and gave up a lot of points late and made it a close game. And then Memphis didn't play last week. So they, they had the week off because of the hurricane and the cancellation I still like the Tigers uh, in this spot, so I will take them and the three points to win the game on on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, as we continue here on Three Dog Thursday, let's talk Louisville and Clemson. We've already made mention to Clemson's defense being so good against Auburn. Now they're going to have to be really good at Louisville against Lamar Jackson, the Heisman Trophy winner. Six touchdowns running and throwing last week for him against North Carolina. Uh, Kevin, give me a thought on this matchup. Go ahead. I mean, when you look at it, that uh, obviously when you when you see Lamar Jackson and just how much of a threat he is, that he can run, he can pass, and that it's every defensive coordinator's nightmare. So, you know, this is going to be obviously the most entertaining game of the week. This was a game that is now taking that spotlight, that 8 o'clock game that we would have seen Florida State and Miami, but now – we end up uh, drawing these two teams where Clemson defensively is excellent, Louisville offensively is excellent, and this was a game where Clemson, they were able to outlast Louisville last year. They beat them 42-36 to as a short home underdog, and now the Tigers do have those high expectations on them to see what they can do. question is, can they outscore Louisville, or will this be another game like Auburn where it's a low-scoring affair and they can hold Lamar Jackson in check. Well, and uh, Kelly Bryant is now the quarterback uh, for Clemson, kind of Deshaun Watson light. He's definitely a mobile guy, runs the read option. Um, they were they were more impressive on defense than they were offensively last week. They can run the ball some, so we'll uh, we'll see. You know, from that part of it. But again, this is a revenge game for Louisville. We talked. I talked last week. We've talked a couple of times already with the college games about revenge that Auburn was seeking it last week and didn't get it on the road. And uh, Oklahoma was also seeking it and did get it at Ohio State. Louisville lost kind of controversially at the end last year against Clemson in the ACC showdown at Death Valley. I like the revenge factor for Bobby Petrino's team. This is a rare occasion that I'm going to back Petrino for all of his baggage, for all of his antics, most of it self-inflicted. I rarely back his teams, but I am going to back the uh, the Louisville Cardinals here on Three Dog Thursday plus the three to knock off Clemson in revenge, and I think Lamar Jackson will have a good, if not a great, game against the Clemson Tigers in this one. He's just uh, he's dynamic. Uh, he throws the ball better than most people think, and I, I think they will find a way um, uh, to get this win here on Three Dog Thursday. So again, uh, there there are there are a lot of cakewalk games this week, Kevin. But there are some games like that Clemson Louisville game again, USC and Texas. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Ole Miss traveling all the way out to Cal to play the Cal Berkeley Bears uh, for this week. So there are some games on the college slate of interest. Kevin goes Arizona State, and I go Memphis, and I go Louisville 
for the uh, the college underdogs. Kevin, stand by. We've got more on the way uh, here on Three Dog Thursday. Peter Burns is coming straight ahead from the SEC Network. Kevin will be back later in the show to talk NFL underdogs. Stand by for that as we continue here on Three Dog Thursday. Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by FanPlayoff.com. Play postseason fantasy football like you never have before for free. Coming this January. Find out more by going to FanPlayoff.com. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. But we are going to do something new on Three Dog Thursday throughout this season and bring on different distinguished guests, and there always has to be a first one, a leadoff hitter, the the uh, guinea pig, if you will, the rookie. But then, you know what, we're going to come out swinging right here with this guy. I love the insight, the analysis, the personality, the humor of Peter Burns in everything. If you're not familiar with Peter, He's a great follow on Twitter. He is tremendous on the SEC network talking SEC football. But he will take the he will take the gloves off and mix it up on all kinds of different things. So I love that about Peter Burns. But we've got him here to talk some football and some underdogs. First of all, how are you? We're rolling with the college season. We're rolling with the SEC season. And you are about to be a dad. You and your wife, Lauren, expecting baby girl coming up. So you yep. got, got a yep. lot going on, brother. Welcome. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, this is. had you asked me here in a couple of weeks to do this podcast, I'd probably, on zero sleep, I probably would have to say no. But listen, I mean, this thing, the Three Dog Thursday, has kind of become such a big deal. I'm honored that you would actually invite somebody, an interloper, into this sacred, uh, this you know, sacred place that you have that, you, the, that has continued to grow. So this the is not nice. reality. Our picks sucked the last couple of weeks in college football, and we need some help and some analysis and so. And, and by the way, when I'm sleep deprived, I do some of my best work. So I might want you sleep deprived later on in the year after the uh, the baby Love is it. born. Um, okay, so there are a lot of fans that are listening to us on Three Dog Thursday that are very familiar with you, that are very familiar with the SEC. Let's let's kind of dive right in um, with yeah. the start here to the season. We know that Alabama is very good, okay? That's given. Everybody knows that. Tell me what else for mm-hmm. the first couple of weeks we now know. Give me a thing or two that pops to you. What do we now know in a couple of situations early in the SEC? Yeah, it's a great question, TJ. I think what we now know is that LSU's offense is going to look a whole lot different than it did with Les Miles and Cam Cameron running it. Um, yeah, we didn't see much. They probably opened up maybe 10% of that playbook against BYU. But against Chattanooga, there were enough wrinkles. And I, listen, I get it. I, I, even as I said it, against Chattanooga, right? It's not like the mocks are a, uh, a, a powerhouse. But there were enough wrinkles that I hadn't seen from LSU, even when they played, you know, slump-busting teams like that. So uh, I, I think LSU's offense with, with uh, Matt Canada coming in is, is going to be a difference maker. And I know that defense is – just as salty as it's been in the last couple of years with Dave Aranda running it. So uh, that I know for sure. What I do know for sure, and I knew it back in the spring, is South Carolina is a real football team. Um, you know, Will Muschamp, obviously, there was a lot of people that were curious about him getting that second go around after, you know, kind of not really, you know, hitting the ground running at Florida, but he's a perfect fit for South Carolina. This is a Will Muschamp team that we're going to know more for their offensive prowess than their defensive prowess, which is something – 
I mean, TJ, do you think I'd ever say that about a Will Muschamp team, right. that, that we'd know them for offense and not defense? I mean, my goodness. Well, especially watching him at the University of Florida where like 10 games, uh, 10 points <laughs> in a game was an offensive outburst a lot of times yeah. uh, when he was with the Gators. So you're right. I mean, it, it's amazing how how things change. Uh, we, we saw Auburn the other night with Clemson really play some good defense. Clemson's defense themselves hamstrung Auburn, but would you would you really ever think that Gus Malzahn's team would be going toe-to-toe in a 14-6 to game like they were the other night? So so sometimes it is role reversal, right? We just don't know early yeah, in the year. It, it, yeah, it's absolutely flipped right now. And I think Auburn, what I do know is Auburn can't look any worse than they have already. I mean, I think they ran into a top three defense in college football in Clemson on the road, and they kept it a one score game and that wasn't because offensively I mean frankly they weren't very good but I think Jared Stidham uh, you know everybody wanted Jared Stidham to be the savior and I mean he's not Jeremy Johnson bad it's just that the kid has played you know three what had like three starts in the big 12 which is not known for their defense um and then they expect this guy to be a, a savior and I think he'll he'll be good he has all the tools he's a leader but they ran into a great defense uh in in and here's the deal Auburn's Auburn's outlook on the season really hasn't changed. I mean, they were, ex, you know, they were expected to lose that game. They they control their own fate, TJ. They they can win the rest of their slate and still be in the college football playoff and win a national championship. Are they going to? No, I don't think that happens. But um, their season's not over. Chip Lindsey, that offensive coordinator, is going to start calling the plays from up in the booth. So I think that will help them a little bit. And now they've got Mercer and Missouri, who both of those teams can't stop a nosebleed. So uh, I know that that Auburn offense is probably, if you're looking for value, Auburn's probably going to get some pretty good value because a lot of people think that their offense isn't any good. They'll, they'll have it fixed the next two weeks and should score a bunch of a bunch of points. Yeah, I don't worry about, as you said, Muschamp with defense, Malzahn with offense. They will figure that part out. Uh, love insight whenever we can get it from guys like Peter Burns that cover things like the SEC. Okay, so I'm in Florida. You know that. The Gators now get ready to host Tennessee. Boy, talk about what we don't know. We When we last saw Florida talk about offensively challenged, they were terrible offensively. The only reason they were in the game with Michigan was the two interception returns for a touchdown. Now, off of a canceled game with Northern Colorado where they were going to try to figure some things out last weekend because of Hurricane Irma, uh, thank God the damage not too severe in North Florida. They're able to host Tennessee. And midweek, as we're talking here on Three Dog Thursday, I think most Gator fans are still up in the air about who's the quarterback and what's going to happen. So the Gators yet are still favored over Tennessee. For Three Dog Thursday purposes, the Vols may be very attractive here, Peter Burns, because I, I don't know what we know about Florida's quarterback situation and about their offense. Give me a little insight, please. Well, what we do know is that it won't be Antonio Callaway and Jordan Scarlett again, uh, that those guys are not going to be available, and that's a huge difference maker for Florida. I mean, uh, I mean, let, let's, let's pause, you know, tap the brakes a little bit as far as for the, what the national deal is on, on how bad Florida's offense was. I, I still think, like, Auburn ran into a top-three defense. I think you can say that about Michigan as well. Uh, I think that is a top-three uh, defense as well in the country. So, um, but I mean, here's the deal. You lose your wide receiver, your, your playmaker that goes in space in Callaway and you lose your running back at Jordan Scarlett and you don't have, a, you know, a Baker Mayfield or a Lamar Jackson, like a game changer at quarterback. Yeah. Hell yeah. You're going to suffer. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, Florida always going to get the pop because they're going to be at home. Uh, it is the swamp. 
But I'll tell you this, there is a weird feeling around this Florida program right now. You know, Jim McElwain, who normally is kind of that all-shucks kind of guy, he just seemed low energy in his press conference this week. He seems kind of just beat down that they don't have the answers that they want. They can't get these guys in the field because these guys made mistakes. Rightfully so, he suspended them. Um, and I don't think he's really happy with how the Malik Zaire transfer uh, played out. And I think that created a, 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 a situation where you know nobody felt real comfortable about the quarterback play out there. So I think that's a bad spot for him. I like, I like Tennessee getting the points this week. I think it's probably five. I think that, that line will probably move closer to probably three, maybe three and a half as we get a little bit closer to kickoff. So, um, you know, I mean, Tennessee – you know, with that comeback, I think that was such a huge win and comeback against Georgia Tech that they have this chip on the shoulder. They, you know, they could have easily bowed down TJ and they didn't. They came back against Georgia Tech. They looked good last or looked better, I should say, last week. But that's another team offensively that's not good. I, I like the under and I actually like Tennessee getting the points in that one. Well, and remember the Vols won uh, dramatically with a big second half a year ago against Florida, and so that's the that's the big matchup. All right, so he takes Tennessee as an underdog on Three Dog Thursday. There was one more game I wanted to ask you about, Vanderbilt and Kansas State. Uh, yeah. Very interesting one that you're going to be monitoring this weekend on the SEC Network. Just say something about that game and the, and the doors as an underdog at home, Peter. Yeah, I mean, I, I always love home underdogs. It's that chip on the shoulder. And I think you go back and look, and speaking of Tennessee, when Vandy beat Tennessee last year, that was such a program-defining, or I would say coaching-defining uh, win for Derek Mason. All of a sudden, there was confidence. I always felt like Derek Mason was kind of, you know, trying to talk himself into being a head coach. Like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do, but never really believed it. And I think once he got that win against Tennessee, he kind of felt it. I think that when I was down in, in, in Nashville this year, they've got playmakers, man. Kyle Shermer is a smart quarterback. I don't think he's going to make a whole lot of mistakes. And this defense is salty. Um, this Vandy defense, despite losing Zach Cunningham, is for real. So I think the line was like at four and a half. Um, not, not like Vandy has exactly the greatest um, you know, home field advantage. I think they probably have one of the weaker ones in the SEC. But still, um, K-State, you know, going up against, and they've scored some points the first two weeks, but they haven't played anybody worth a damn either. So I like Vandy actually to be able to keep that close. And hell, that's one of those games I wouldn't even worry about the points. I would just go if you're looking to go crazy. I would take Vandy on the money line because I think that could be an upset in the making. How? Ralph Webb is probably yeah. the most unheralded running back in in the country right now, and I just don't think Shermer is going to make a ton of mistakes. So. I like that to be a low score, a little bit lower scoring game than people think, and uh, I like Vandy actually on the money line. Your colleague Jordan Rogers will love to hear that uh, as you're taking him on Three Dog Thursday. <laughs> Peter Burns with us from the SEC Network. Uh, yeah, K State and and uh, and Bill Snyder always uh, seemingly has something in these kind of games, but that, that'll be a very fascinating game. Uh, coming Saturday night. Uh, Peter Burns, as we've got to run here in a moment or two, I want to let people uh, have the opportunity to find you where you are. I know that coming up later on Thursday, as we're talking on Three Dog Thursday, you may be hearing us later in the weekend, but coming up on Thursday, you're going to be doing a special fill-in. Tell me more on the SEC Network. Yeah, you know, I've become the uh, the main fill-in for Paul Feinbaum, so it's always uh, interesting when I go into that cast of characters. Yeah, I mean, like how Jim Rome was, like, in the late 90s when, you know, he had all those callers that were just nuts and the jungle was crazy. That's kind of that's how uh, Feinbaum's show has become in the, in, uh, in the year 2017, you know, 20 years down the road. So 
Yeah, so I'll uh, corral those guys. I'm sure I'll piss off a couple of people, and uh, if I don't, and if I don't upset you on that show, you can follow me on Twitter, and I'm sure I'll do it there. There you so go. Good, good. It's at Peter, at yeah, at Peter Burns ESPN, and then uh, yeah, so it's me, Gene Chizik, and Chris Doring, the old Florida Gator wide receiver, and uh, you know we do half times of the SEC Network games and in between. So uh, yeah, you find you find the SEC Network, you'll get sick and tired of, of, of seeing me. And speaking of and speaking of defense, Chiswick knows defense. And speaking of Gators making plays, they could maybe use Chris Doring, who used to make plays back in the no day, kidding. back in the nineteen nineties <laughs> for the Gators. And also, you've got a podcast yourself with ESPN and college football. Promote that as well as uh, on where they can find that, Peter. Yeah, uh, when you're not listening to TJ, uh, campus conversation. It's uh, the old championship drive. So it's our big college football uh, podcast for ESPN. So. Um, you can find that on any of the ESPN app or, or Apple Podcasts and whatnot. So it's good. It's you know Ivan Bazel, Gene Wojciechowski, Ryan McGee. I mean, kind of anybody who's who at ESPN that deals with college football, they somehow let me uh, host it. So uh, we have fun, man. It's a uh, you know worst things are being done uh, in September talking about college football for a living. I hear you on that. As I always like to say, you and I joke about these kind of things. As long as they will let you be there, you can just say, hey, uh, who doesn't belong in this equation? It's probably me, but I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to go with it on the uh, on the podcast. Listen, great stuff. Again, he likes Tennessee he, as a road doggy at uh, Florida at uh, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. He also likes Vanderbilt potentially at home coming Saturday night in the matchup with Kansas State. Check him out, hosting for Paul Feinbaum on Thursday. Also check him out if you're listening after Thursday through the magic of technology this weekend on Saturday as part of the SEC Network coverage in the studio throughout the day for their games, halftime, postgame, etc. Peter Burns, it's always a treat. And congrats in advance on being a dad to you and Lauren. Uh, just wait till the little girl, and you know that I have twin girls that are now nine. Wait till the little girl smiles at you. It is all over, brother, at that point when she smiles I know, at you. I know. I was, I was looking forward to having a boy so I would have a little golfing buddy, and then now I just realized that, you know what, she's going to be my golfing buddy there you go. soon. And, and I'm going to be calling you up. So I, yes. instead of me being on your podcast, I'm going to have you on and look for some parenting tips here. <laughs> and soon, you are going to get very familiar with Pink and Princess and Disney and all of those things <laughs> as well as sports, and I look forward to talking with you about that also. Peter, you do a great job. Keep it up. We'll watch you on the SEC Network. Anytime, bud. See ya. Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by FanPlayoff.com. Play postseason fantasy football like you never have before for free. Coming this January, find out more by going to fanplayoff.com. Who are this week's top dogs in pro and college football? We're back on Three Dog Thursday. Do roll on. It is Three Dog Thursday. Our thanks again to Peter Burns of the SEC Network for hopping on with me. Uh, let's welcome back in Senior Handicapper, VegasInsider.com, Mr. Kevin Rogers. All right, sir. Uh, so Peter was talking about that Florida-Tennessee game. We will have eyes on that. That's the big CBS-SEC showdown. What do we see from Florida's offense? Who's going to play quarterback? How long uh, does that quarterback stay in there? Does Jim McElwain keep playing musical chairs on that one? Butch Jones in Tennessee. Peter Peter Burns liked Tennessee to get the upset there in uh, in the Swamp. And put the Gators at 0-2 because, remember, their game was canceled with Northern Colorado. Do you have any kind of a thought, I'm not saying for Three Dog Thursday purposes, on that Florida-Tennessee game that's coming up? 
It'll be interesting to see how the Gators come out following this uh, week off after uh, they lost a really valuable game against Northern Colorado uh, this past week. That really would have uh, helped their chances, but uh, sarcasm. <laughs> but uh, I mean, with the Gators, though, yeah, they're offensively challenged, and uh, they did hang with Michigan due to the defensive touchdowns. And, you know, we'll see Tennessee after they had that comeback against Georgia Tech, how, you know, and you throw out the Indiana State game, they just out, outmatched them. But uh, you see that the volunteers have had their problems in Gainesville over the years. They can finally get over the hump this time. Well, and uh, the one thing, we kind of joke around about that game being canceled with Northern Colorado, you need the work. You don't get preseason games. They had the one game with Michigan. If you're trying to break in Felipe Franks at quarterback or different running backs and receivers, it would help to have one more game under your belt. They didn't get that. We'll see what Florida looks like for the matchup with Tennessee. All right, so there's the college football. On to the NFL, as I touted earlier on Three Dog Thursday. Kevin Rogers, two for two with the Oakland Raiders and the Chicago Bears last week, both coming through. So that means you're going to start us off here with the NFL slate for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Where do you want to go first and why, sir? We are going to begin with the Bills. They are at Carolina to take on the Panthers, and Buffalo's coming off a win over the Jets last week, which they were big favorites. We know the Jets will probably be a a one- or two-win team this season, but the Bills were able to pull away from the Jets, and the win's a win, and now they go on the road. And Sean McDermott, his first road game as coach of the Bills, facing a Carolina team that he was defensive coordinator for, the last few seasons before he came to Buffalo. So he obviously knows personnel there with uh, Carolina, a Panthers team that we had talked about last week that had taken a step back last season after their Super Bowl appearance. They did beat San Francisco. We know the 49ers are in rebuilding mode. But now Carolina coming back home. Really, TJ, on this game, there's not a lot of numbers I'm going to throw at you, but uh, I think there's value here in the Bills. They run the ball very well. LaShawn McCoy at over 100 yards in last week's win over the Jets. Cam Newton really wasn't that impressive against San Francisco last week. And, uh, you know, Buffalo's defense played well against the Jets. And, again, that's the old asterisk because the Jets aren't very good. But I think that uh, having a head coach that really – it's going to get jacked for this game, that, that this is not just another game on the schedule. Uh, he didn't get fired from Carolina, none of that, but you know, he wants to show them that, uh, you know, how good of a coach he is, and obviously having a book on the personnel, I'm sure, is going to be more of a positive than a negative, so I'll take the points of Buffalo. Well, and Cam Newton didn't have to be spectacular last week in the win against the 49ers, and I had the 49ers on Three Dog Thursday. I'd like to personally thank on the show here Brian Hoyer from taking away all doubt or debate about whether the 49ers would have a chance in the game when on virtually the first play of the second half he threw the ball right to Luke Keekley over the middle as if it was one of his own receivers for a bad pick. They were already down 13 nothing. That eventually put them down 20 to nothing when Carolina cashed it in. That That's the one thing about this Carolina defense. Their pass rush is maybe a little underrated. Keekley, an outstanding linebacker if he can stay healthy from the concussions. They will take the ball away. And that's what Buffalo and Tyrod Taylor have to stay away from in the in the home opener here in Charlotte, is if they if they come in and turn it over more than, let's say, once, they're dead. Are they not, Kevin? You're expecting them to play a, a turnover-free game here in this game, basically, right? Well, yeah. I mean, any of these teams, and we always talk about you can't handicap turnovers in, in football. You just can't. That uh, You have teams that can drive in and get inside the red zone, and you, you have a, a fumble or an interception, and there it is. There's points that you, you, you throw away. And, you know, for Carolina, I think we talked about it last week, and 
you know, we said, who is Carolina? Are they the 14-2 and two team two years ago? Yep. Or are they a team that pretty much throughout Cam Newton's career hovers around 500? And I think they're more around the 500 team that everything kind of clicked a few years ago when they started 14-0 and and were threatening that 16-0 and regular season. That Not to take away from the Panthers, but I just don't think that they're a team that – is an elite team in this league by any stretch, that they're a borderline playoff team in the NFC. They're a competitive team. But, you know, for them to be 14-0 and a few years ago, that, that was an anomaly. And I think this is what they are, that they'll beat these bad teams like San Francisco. They'll be in the division, maybe a 3-3 three and three team. And when it's all said and done, they'll win seven or eight games. Okay, so he's got the Bills taking the seven and a half points. So we're trying to figure out teams uh, from one week, the first game to the second game, and how much improvement they're going to make. I'm going to focus in the NFL on the Indianapolis Colts, who, let's be honest, they were god-awful at the Coliseum last week with Scott Tolzien at quarterback. But I, I really believe that was a case where the game got away from them. It snowballed. I don't believe they're that bad. I know Andrew Luck is not there, but they have some talent at the skill positions. And even on defense, they have some talent. Um, so the Colts come back home for their home opener with everyone writing them off. We know Luck won't play. It's undetermined as to whether or not he can play early in the year. There's been a lot of speculation, and we don't know this at the time we're taping, that the Colts may go ahead and put him on injured reserve, designated to return at about the eight-game mark, maybe. Uh, they may or may not do that this weekend, next week. He hasn't even, I mean, Luck, he hasn't even been able to practice, much less uh, be able to get out there and get in a game. So they may be able um, here, they're going to have to try to move on to life without him in the short term. And I think they're going to do that with Jacoby Brissett, the guy they got from the, the Patriots, who's more mobile than Tolzien. Um, played some at NC State, played originally at Florida at the for the Gators with Charlie Weiss and Will Muschamp. Good Lord, that's a few years ago. Then had some success at NC State. I think that Brissette may be able to spark this team a little bit. You've got an Arizona team that was bad last week against Detroit that's now lost David Johnson. Uh, Kevin, help enlighten me. They're still a seven-point favorite on the road with David Johnson ruled out the running back for the Cardinals. That surprises me that that line is that big. I think the Colts can win this game. I'm going to take the seven points. Are you as shocked as I am that the Cardinals are that big of a favorite? No, because the Colts, when you look at them, I don't think they're that great with Andrew Luck. I, I don't, I'm not as in love with Andrew Luck as some national radio hosts are. I'm not going to name them. But, uh, you, you know, this is a situation where, yes, it, it does look like, you know, the Colts can't be any worse than they were last week against the Rams. They got destroyed. The Rams actually had two defensive touchdowns yes. in that game. Uh, but, you know, Arizona's still a decent team, and they were ones like Carolina that took a step back last year after a strong year two years ago. David Johnson's out, which you know is, is obviously a negative for them. But you know now Arizona's going back on the road. They had an ugly second half at Detroit, so you got to wonder that are they going to pick things up, knowing that they're not facing Matthew Stafford this week. That you know the Colts' quarterback situation is a mess, but. I just don't know how much I trust Indianapolis. I, I kind of feel like the Colts will hang around for a little bit, and then Arizona will pull away and can win this game 30-20 to 20 or, or something like that. And then, you know, for as well as the Colts play, they still don't cover. Mm. And that's, that's really what I'm afraid of 
to back Indianapolis. I don't really have a strong case for Arizona. Right. I don't love them. I feel like they'll be a big public team this week because they see how bad the Colts were last week. But I just don't know how much faith you know you got to place in the Colts because their quarterback situation is such a mess. I still like. I mean, Frank Gore's got a little tread left on the tires. The young former USF Bulls running back Marlon Mack got some carries last week. They've got T. Y. Hilton. They've got Dante Moncrief on the outside that can that can run. So I think they will put some points on the board. So I will take the Colts on Three Dog Thursday, even though uh, Kevin is kind of poo pooing on that and saying, "Hey, be weary." They may they may very well be the team that got blown out at the Coliseum. We'll see. We'll find. Find out uh, coming this Sunday if they make improvement or not. One final underdog on Three Dog Thursday from Kevin Rogers upcoming in the NFL. Where are we going, Kevin? Go ahead. You know what? I think a lot of people want to back the New England Patriots this week after seeing how they melted down the second half against the Chiefs in the opener. The Patriots are going to come back. They'll be fine. You know what? This is a really tough spot for them, going to New Orleans to face the Saints. Yes, New Orleans on a short week after losing at Minnesota on Monday night. But now they're back at home. Sean Payton has been a good home underdog last two years, 4-0 against the spread, 3-1 and straight up. The only loss was that shootout defeat to Carolina two years ago, that year when Carolina had that great start. And I just think that the Saints, there's something about them and that atmosphere that when they go back home after a tough loss, that for some reason they just get rejuvenated going there. And for the Patriots, Julian Edelman is out. You know, this defense just got ripped up by Alex Smith. You know, what's Drew Brees going to do? And, you know, we'll see if Adrian Peterson can bust out after he didn't really do much in his return to Minnesota uh, this past Monday night. But I just think that, you know, going down there, the must-win for New England, one thing I learned a long time ago in handicapping, don't take teams that are must-win spots because really they're going to disappoint you. And I think that's the case with New England. Maybe the Patriots do win a close one, but – you know what? The Saints is a home underdog with Drew Brees. I think you got to ride them here and take the points with them. Well, the interesting thing is they've not, New England, been 0-2 since 2001 when they started the season 0-2 and still bounced back, eventually went to Tom Brady during that season when Drew Bledsoe got injured and won the Super Bowl. They haven't been 0-2 in 16 football seasons. They won a lot of games early. We'll see about New England, but you like the Saints and the points. Hey, real quick on the Adrian Peterson thing before we run. Do you think they will make a conscious effort to get him the ball some, feed the beast a little bit and make him happy, or is this have we hit the nuke button here and is this thing going to implode a week or two into the season and Adrian Peterson is on the outs and maybe getting cut, benched, deactivated, whatever, by the Saints? What's going on there? Give me a quick read. I think I'd give more than a game. I mean, for the Saints who are, are around the 500 mark, they're 7-19 the last few years that – I mean, are you really in a spot to just pull the plug on him immediately? And I understand that he's on the tail end of his career, but at the same time, you know, give it a little bit of a chance, you know. And if it's bad like this for a few weeks, maybe you uh, you cut ties, but not after one game. Okay, we'll see what happens with the Saints and the Patriots again by uh, process of review. Kevin going Arizona State in college, Buffalo Bills, and New Orleans Saints in the NFL. I'll go Memphis Tigers and also Louisville Cardinals in college for my underdogs. And in the NFL, I like those Indianapolis Colts. Kevin, you've been giving us great insight, uh, analysis, and information. Tell the fans more about what you guys do 24-7, 365 at VegasInsider.com, sir. Yeah, right now we are right in the midst of things with uh, NFL and college football, plenty of content, games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and college football. 
the NFL. We know how busy it is as well. You can catch not only the articles previewing the week, but also reviewing the week once we get to Monday and Tuesday. So pretty much if you missed anything in the NFL, you can go to the review pieces in the first few days. You can go to the preview pieces and just so much more. You can check out the odds every single day, how these games are going. And uh, it's all there, VegasInsider.com. Also, you can check us out on Twitter at TwitVI. You can also follow Kevin at VI Rogers as he tweets away. You can follow this show at 3 Dog Thursday. Find out more about it at 3DogThursday.com. Listen, good luck with your underdogs for this weekend. We appreciate it. We're back to football in the Sunshine State for the Dolphins playing actually out on the West Coast against the Chargers, but they do have a game. Buccaneers hosting the Bears. The Jaguars, who we haven't talked about on the show, are also hosting the Titans uh, for this week. So uh, lots of football in the air again in Florida. That's good. And all over the country, college football in the NFL. Kevin, thanks. Enjoy the games. All right, TJ, you too. Thank you. And we thank you for being with us as well. And we also thank Peter Burns of the SEC Network. Check him out this weekend on their coverage of college football. And we will be back next week with another edition of the only digital radio show devoted to underdogs in college football and the NFL. It's Three Dog Thursday. Bye. This is The Crush Report with Jeff Groeschel. When we look at training adaptations, progressions, and practice strategy for optimizing performance, you always hear someone say, it's not practice that makes perfect, it's perfect practice that makes perfect. And that's always bothered me. I just like to put it out there. There's no such thing as perfect practice, nor should you try to be perfect, because the real world of sports performance is never perfect. You see, if you really want to tap into skill development and influence sports performance, you need to make your practice imperfect. Skill acquisition is all about the body building corrective models to solve problems that occur in the competitive setting. So if you've been working to create a perfect practice environment with perfect conditions under perfect circumstances, you may very well be limiting your performance. About 85% of coaching is based on the brain central model, where you communicate with the brain to make adjustments, like constantly giving an athlete verbal cues. The problem It's totally unrelated to sport where the body reacts to the environment with little or no communication with the brain. So try to create variability. In baseball, throw different pitches at batting practice. In golf, do drills with a reverse grip. On the ice, set up controlled skating drills with loose skates. Be creative. And remember, the best athletes are the ones who can easily adapt to the constantly changing environment of competitive sport. Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information. If you're a serious athlete, a weekend warrior, parent, or coach, join us each week as we investigate the latest trends and research coming out of the sport performance world. We'll visit with top athletes, coaches, and sports scientists to keep you on the cutting edge and to find out what it truly takes to achieve human maximum performance. You can visit us online at CrushPerformance.com and Crush Performance Radio with me, Jeff Kershell, can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and at Radio Influence.